So if you spend any length of time in waiting rooms at the doctor's office or the hairdresser or wherever and pick up the piles of magazines around you, you can easily come away with five new ways to find your passion in life and unlock your life's true purpose. Self-actualization is a multi-billion dollar industry in this country. But when I read today's lesson from Galatians, I'm reminded that for Paul, who wrote this letter, there's only one thing that gives life real purpose, and it is pretty much the opposite of self-actualization. In chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, Paul writes, May I never boast of anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything, but a new creation is everything. In this passage, Paul is talking to the fledgling Christian Christian community in Galatia that's caught up in a controversy over whether non-Jews who had become Christians should also be expected to follow Jewish dietary laws and other practices that were considered essential in Judaism at the time, like circumcision. In Judaism before Jesus, and still today, circumcision was essential to Jewish, Jewish identity. It was a defining physical characteristic that set Israel apart from other nations and from people who worshipped different gods than they did. All of the first Christians were Jewish, and many of them understood Jesus to be the Messiah of the Jews for the Jews. And so many early Christians argued that if you wanted to follow Jesus, you also should adopt the other practices of Jewish faith. But you can also kind of sympathize with the people on the other side of the argument, right? It's not hard to imagine why a bunch of Gentile adult male converts might hope for a little leniency when it came to the whole circumcision issue. In his letter to the Galatians, Paul refuses to get drawn into the argument, but rather calls both sides to account for allowing the argument over circumcision to become an issue that divides them as a community. That's what he means when he says, Come on, guys, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything, but a new creation is everything. The way Paul uses the word in his letter to the Galatians, circumcision can refer to anything, really, we use to define ourselves, anything we use to distinguish ourselves proudly from others, which is why I think this letter is so relevant in this passage in particular, in today, in today's world with so many multi, multi-billion dollar industries designed to make us want to feel good and better about ourselves and stand out above others. And it obviously also has relevance in a world where we use our racial identity or sexual orientation or gender identity or political affiliations or our religion to distinguish ourselves proudly from others, consciously or unconsciously. Paul's words to the Galatians must have been received, I think, in this letter, like a bucket of ice water being poured over them. 
when Paul tells his fellow Jews at Galatia that their circumcision counts for nothing? It's kind of like, I imagine, someone standing up at a 4th of July celebration at the podium and saying the American flag counts for nothing. But for St. Paul, his point is worth offending people if it gets them to re-examine themselves and their priorities. Because in his view, even our strongest passions in life are secondary. While they may be extremely valuable to us today, ultimately they are transitory and they will pass away. And he's right. When we die, we will not take our American identity with us, for example, even if we die on the battlefield defending that identity and the values that this country stands for. Nor will we take our identities as Democrats or Republicans or Independents, Episcopalians or Presbyterians or non-denominational, male or female, black, white, yellow, red, brown, gay, straight, bisexual, transgender. And if we don't take any of those identities with us when we die, then we certainly aren't going to be taking our identities as Tar Heels or Blue Devils, right? I mean, we have to keep our passions in check, people. When Paul says these things count for nothing, he doesn't mean that they are totally without meaning or worth, but that ultimately they are transitory, only a passing part of who we are, and they are not what we are to spend most of our time promoting or defending. People argued in Paul's time over circumcision versus uncircumcision, much like we have fought in the church over badges of liberal and conservative or progressive and traditional. To this kind of argument, Paul says, look, you can define yourself as a conservative who's for circumcision or a progressive who says it's not necessary and spend all your energy defending your cause, but in either case, you're just kind of rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. You are investing far too much energy in things that will not last, investing meaning in things that are passing. What is important, he says, is becoming a new creation. Paul's telling the Galatians, and he's telling us, I think, in all of our divisive wrangling today in the church, especially within the church, but also in the state, you have allowed secondary matters to take the place of the ultimate purpose that holds you together in community. And that ultimate purpose is to be transformed from your preoccupation with self and with things of passing importance into a people who are made new in the life and death and resurrection of Christ, a people who become repurposed by him in service of others, as Christ himself was purposed in service of us. For Paul, the only place to go looking for this whole new life is the last place that people mostly, usually, go looking for it, and that is the cross. Again, as he says, may I never boast of anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. 
For neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything, but a new creation is everything. If you're going to boast about anything, he says, don't boast about circumcision or uncircumcision, about being a, a Republican or a Democrat. Paul says, don't boast about those things. Boast in the cross. How does it, how does this cross supersede all other divisions? How does it help us from fracturing? Think about it. As Paul says elsewhere, Christ died for us when we were yet sinners. He loved us. He poured his life out in service of us, even though he may have judged our position on circumcision or uncircumcision in Paul's day, or today our positions on gay marriage or abortion or gun rights. One side or the other he may have seen as sinful. And yet he poured himself out for us. We spend lots of time trying to establish that our opponents are the bigger sinners, as if that gives us the right to proudly distinguish ourselves as better than them. It's become sport in the church. And and as a result, we risk losing a whole generation of people who might take up their crosses, and follow the one who led the way. Christianity used to be assumed assumed as the majority religion in the United States, and perceptions of it were, by and large, very positive. But perceptions of Christianity have changed dramatically over the last several decades. In 2007, there's a, a group called the Barna Group that researches and studies trends in Christianity and other faiths, And they came out with a study that that said something very shocking, that young people from the ages between 16 and 29, 87% of young Americans say that Christianity is judgmental. 85% say it's hypocritical. And a recent study that just came out this year from the same group said they found 45% of atheists and agnostics and those who consider themselves religiously unaffiliated believe that Christianity is extremist. Meanwhile, Jesus, in the gospel today, argues his point passionately. He sends us out to bring peace upon the world, and if people receive it, great. And he says, and if they don't, Shake the dust off your shoes. You should, in protest against them, speak passionately about what you believe in. But meanwhile, be prepared, as he was, to lay yourself down for the love of your neighbor, regardless of their beliefs or practices, their sinfulness or their goodness. And so let us grow in the likeness of Christ, always. Amen.